This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 25th, 2020. Joseph Remade. Good morning again. It's good to see you. Now you can see me. <laughs> good morning in all of our locations. You know, we used to say we're one church, many locations. Well, we're in church, many, many, many locations now. Everybody out there, wherever you are, so good to be with everybody this morning. Today we finish our series on Joseph. Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons of a guy named Jacob, who also was named, had the name Israel, you know, and it was after him that the whole nation was named, the nation of Israel. Joseph's story is found in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, between chapters 37 and 50, that's, that's a pretty good chunk, and that's a fourth of that book that he gets. So far, we've looked how Joseph was betrayed, and we looked at how he was unswayed. Last week, we talked about how he was repaid. This morning, we're going to take a look at how Joseph was remade. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here uh, at 4744 Summit Bridge Road, but we are also in many, many locations, as Alan has said, from Costa Rica. There we go. We're international. To Florida, to Texas, to Smyrna and Clayton. Oh, how about we've got more in Florida and Newark, and Milford, and mm. on and You know, on. one of those Florida connections joined us right here this morning. She, we She do didn't want to watch that. us online today. So we actually have 47 households on Facebook, on YouTube, and 63 households on Facebook, in addition to all yeah. of you. To God yeah. be the glory Amen that we now are able to reach because of a pandemic. There's some good that's come people farther and farther sharing the good news of the gospel. It's all about glorifying God. Amen. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that there's no one, no one, no one but you. Help us stake a life, our lives, on you, in you. Use us, Lord, and now settle us in that we might hear your message and apply it to our lives. We pray this in the, whole, in the name of the Father, Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 So when we left Joseph last week, Pharaoh had, had made the 30-year-old Joseph the second in command of all of Egypt, just under himself, just under Pharaoh. That was 13 years 13 years of trial and tribulation for Joseph, of being sold into slavery and then imprisoned. Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams that there would be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. And so, as that second in command, uh, as Pharaoh put him in second in command, he storehoused huge quantities of grain during the abundant years that the, uh, like the sand of the sea, Scripture tells us. That's how abundant. And, and so much that they stopped even keeping records, it was so far beyond measure. Genesis chapter 41, verses 53 through 
through 57. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. Wow. The plan worked, huh? It's incredible how the plan works when we follow what God tells us to do. Amen that. All that storing up of grain during the abundant years did prepare them, Egypt, for the years of famine, and, and not just for the home folks. No. Egypt became the grain supplier for the world. The world. Thanks to Joseph and his God-given ability to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, his God-given ability to lead. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. And so here we have it. The famine is everywhere, including the land of Canaan. That's the home territory of Joseph, where Joseph's family of origin is. And so after daddy, that's Jacob, gives the directive, 10 of Joseph's brothers trek on down to Egypt to buy grain. Jacob did not send his youngest son, his name was Benjamin, he did not send Benjamin, who was Joseph's only full brother, because he feared he might lose him too. Remember, Jacob was devastated when Joseph was, was lost. He thought he was dead, and he didn't want to lose Benjamin either. So we pick it up at Genesis chapter 42, verses 6 through 9. This is the New International Version. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. If you remember a dream from years before, the stalks were going to bow down. This was <coughs> envisioned years before, and here it comes to pass. Bowed down their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. <coughs> Excuse me, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. Well, from the land of Canaan, they replied to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. And then he remembered his dreams about them, and he said to them, You are spies! You have come to see where this land is unprotected. <laughs> wow. Their long-lost brother is right there before their eyes, and they did not recognize him. Well, then again, it had been 13 years. <laughs> 13 years, and Joseph's dressing like an Egyptian. Sounds like a, a song. Not Dressing a like an Egyptian, there you go. <laughs> Not a Hebrew, and plus, the last person in the world they expected to see would be him. I mean, so I see here, and sometimes it's a little bit 
tough now with the mask to figure out who you are. But if you're in Giant where I'm doing some quick shopping, I really might rec not recognize you. You know, it's out of context. And so that's how it was. Have you ever like not recognized somebody because it's just out of context? Especially of after 13 years of not see seeing them. them. <laughs> well, that's what was happening. And so Joseph knew who they were, and he decided he was going to play with them a little bit. <laughs> they say, the brothers say that they're there to buy grain. And Joseph accuses them of spying to see where the land is unprotected. And so back and forth they go until finally Joseph offers a plan. He puts Simeon, one of the brothers, in prison while the rest return home to deliver the grain and to bring the other brother, Benjamin, back with them at Joseph's request. There you go. And but so they do that. They go back home. They, Simeon's in jail, in prison. Their father, when they talked to him, though, was reluctant to part with Benjamin, the last remaining son of, and he only had two uh, from this one wife, Rachel, his favorite, his trophy his wife. His favorite wife. Yes, trophy. Wife. So, and he figures he's already lost um, Joseph because they don't know yet that his real, who his real identity is. But eventually, the old man, he relents because they run out of grain. They're going to starve to death. It's their only option if they're going to obtain some more food. So the brothers return to Egypt. They get more grain. And to retrieve their brother, Simeon, they've taken Benjamin with them. As they prepare to leave to go, after getting the grain, go back home from Egypt, uh, Joseph messes with them again. He's having a blast, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he deserves it hey, for what they did. This time, he has his steward, his main guy who oversees everything, put his, his personal silver cup uh, in the bag of the youngest brother, Benjamin. And then once they hit the road, he has the steward follow them. He catches up to them and asks why they've repaid good with evil by stealing Joseph's cup. Well, they don't know the cup's in the bag. They claim innocence. We didn't steal anything. And so he says, whoever's found with the cup will become his slave, and the rest will be free to go. <laughs> and so, lo and behold, there's the cup in Benjamin's sack. And so all the brothers are upset. They return to claim their innocence before Joseph, who they still don't know who he really is. And Judah, one of the older brothers, he tells Joseph how the loss of Benjamin will actually kill his father. And, and here is one part where a little unselfishness here. He re requests that he, Judah, be taken as slave in place of his youngest brother, Benjamin. Well, at this point, Joseph can control himself no longer. He dismisses all the attendants, and then he reveals himself to his brothers in the process of weeping loudly. I mean, can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine the emotion? And there was weeping so loudly that the Egyptians outside were able to hear. So we pick it up at Genesis 45, verse 3 through 8, again, NIV, New International Version. And so Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph! Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified, you think, <laughs> at his presence. 
And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. (laughs) Just a little remembrance here, boys. (laughs) And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Isn't that wild? He's able to have that clarity. He's able to have that maturity. Of course, he is 30 now. He's not this 17-year-old anymore. He says, for new two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it is not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Wow. Wow. So we read in Scripture that the brothers were terrified. (laughs) First, they can't believe that their brother's alive. And Second, they're sure that he's going to get even with them after all that they had done to him. But Joseph, as Alan said, he was no longer this cocky 17-year-old. And I'm not saying all 17-year-olds are cocky. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he was. Because remember, he had that coat, and he's like, look at my coat. Wait, well, so, you should put that on the pole. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no. But he was a little obnoxious <laughs> because he knew his daddy loved him the most. I mean, he flaunted that, and that... That was part of the reaction of the brothers. And so, you know, they sold him into slavery, but Joseph's response was so different by the time this part of the story gets. Because what we find is a new man. Joseph had been remade. Remade, say remade. Those of you online, say remade. Remade, thank you. As a result of all of his trials and tribulations, as a result of watching God in action, Joseph is now mature. He was a God-fearing leader who has been able to see God's hand in all that had happened. And as he tells them, God sent him ahead to preserve for them a remnant, to save their lives by a great deliverance. Hmm. When Pharaoh learned of what had happened, he told Joseph to have his family go home and pack up all they had and return to Egypt to live. And he would give them the best land of the country, uh, in the country for them to live on. Wow. And so the brothers went home, And they told their father the whole story. (laughs) Boy, that was an earful. (laughs) When he heard that Joseph was alive, his spirit was, was revived. And he packed up the whole household, and they they had a lot of stuff. (laughs) And they headed back to Egypt. And Pharaoh had them settle in a place called Goshen, the best part of the land. And they lived there, and they prospered. And so years later, Jacob died. Joseph's father and all, the, all his brothers, their father died. And so his sons, the brothers, 
feared what Joseph might do to them now that Jacob was gone. Picking it up in the very last chapter of Genesis, chapter 50, verses 16 through 21. So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. Mm. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Mm. So Joseph, as Carrie said previous, has been remade. Again, say remade. I can't hear you guys at home, so type it out in the chat. Remade. R-E-M-A-D-E, remade. He's a new man. New man. He's able to recognize God's hand in all things. Joseph is able to recognize that what his brothers intended for harm when they sold him into slavery, God has used for good. Saving lives in the process. You know, as always, God is able to see the bigger picture (laughs) so much better than we are. Can I get an amen on that? Amen at home? Good. Okay. And we, as we say here so often, you know, God never wastes a hurt. Yeah. To be remade. You know, that's not always easy. Maybe you found that in your life. We certainly have. More often than not, it's through life's challenges. Some of our toughest spots, the valleys, For me, that's when I've gotten ever closer to God. I've been in desperate need of God. I really am all the time, but those times surface, and it's like I can't even breathe without them. And as we walk with God and walk it out day by day, month by month, year by year, we mature in our faith. We grow closer to God, and we come to see that God's hand really is in all things. And, you know, it's not always those mountaintop experiences, but it's the trials and the tribulations where we realize our human weakness, our total dependence, our incredible need for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Grace, that unmerited love that Jesus has for you and you've done nothing to deserve it, but he just lavishes it, lavishes it upon you, grace upon grace. And, you know, that just results in in blessing. And I don't mean that everything's all right. It just means that we know, that we know, that we know that God is with us always to the ends of the earth. Remade. Mm. The funny thing about blessing, we always think, Oh, he's blessed, she's blessed that 
you know, they've got nice thing, you know, they've got an easy life. What we found is more often than not, we realize God's blessing is a result of the challenges of life. When you say, when were you most blessed? More, most of the time, it's when somebody went through a challenge that they knew they couldn't see through on their own, that it was only through God's hand in their life that they were able to get through it, and that's when the true blessings occur. Yeah. Remade. We're truly remade, not, though, just because of our own challenges, but ultimately through the challenge that Jesus faced for us. It was his arrest and conviction, his trial and crucifixion, that ultimately allows us to be remade by offering us new life. He gave his life for ours, for, for yours and mine, paying a price that's too great for any of us to pay. And like in the case of Joseph, what others intended for harm for Jesus, God used for good for you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for you and me. As the Apostle Paul shares with us in the second letter of his, to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Say it with me. Do we have it? Is it on the screen? It is. There it is. There we Say it with me. Therefore, and everybody at home too. Therefore, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. Yeah. So I want to give you an example of that in my life. You know, I was brought up to know Jesus. I, you know, I grew up at Kingswood Church where Pastor Barb pastored for a long time. And then, you know, transitioned from one church uh, to Newark Church and then ended up, we got married and um, moved to Seaford. That's where the job was for Alan and we got involved in a place called St. John's Church. And that's where I knew Jesus, but it went from here to here. And I was about 25 when I really gave my life to Jesus, and life was different for me. You know, I allowed God to order my steps instead of, of carry. Now, that's still a tug of war sometimes, but, um, you know, I am very dependent on God. So even though we say yes to God, God takes that yes, and then he just molds us and makes us and remakes us and teaches us and convicts us, and it goes on and on and on. So there was a point in my life when my family of origin, things went really, really bad. And my father made a decision that affected our family in a, in a devastating way. And through that, my heart not only hurt, but it became bitter. Bitter. And that bitterness lasted for, I would say, about eight years. Now, I still had a relationship with dad, but I was still bitter about him and what he, his choice to um, leave our family. Well, one day I was praying to God, and I said to God, and this was a little bit cocky now that I'm thinking about it, so God, what do I need to work on? 
That's a really dangerous prayer if you really mean it. It's really dangerous. And, and I heard in my head, forgive your father. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? I, I think it needs to go the other way around here. And I'm having this conversation, and I hear it again. Forgive your father. So I prayed with my whole heart. And I told God I was so sorry for the bad feelings that I was having and for the bitterness that I was harboring against my dad. And just kind of laid it all out. And then I went on through my next few days. And my dad called me, as he always did, once a week. And I realized that conversation was an incredible conversation. Because when I hung up, I didn't have a stomach ache. I didn't have a headache. I didn't like, I wasn't all worked up, but I felt pure and utter joy. And so that's an example of when we lay ourselves before the Lord and we confess our stuff in earnest, we can be remade. The old is gone, the new has come. And I can tell you situations like that have happened to me over and over and over again where I have been a mess inside and you all know my story. It's not, all, it's not pretty. And then I just fall flat on my face and say, okay, God, here I am. I need you. I'm desperate for you. I love you. Remake me. And, and my feet get stomped on and my heart gets beat up. And then you wake up and you just sort of go, okay, it's okay. So what does God need to do in your life? Where do you need to fall on your face and repent or say, I'm sorry? Or what bitterness do you have? Or where do you harbor anger? Or what relationship's really out of whack? And what's your responsibility in that? God can use it all. Because I want to tell you that my relationship with my dad over the next 20 years was incredible. And we studied scripture together. And I was with him when he took his last breath. And it was so good. It was so good. But without Jesus remaking me, mm. it could have been so bad. Mm. So God used all that ultimately for good, for healing. And God can do that for you in whatever situation mm. you're holding on to. Just go to him and let it go. Mm. Let it go. Mm. You know, as we said several times in this series, you know, we can get bitter or we can get better. And we turn to Jesus, he can help us get better, can't he? As Carrie just shared. We can get bitter or we can get better. And you know, Joseph chose better, didn't he, as we've said. And it was hard for his brothers to believe that. That he could be as forgiving as he was that he wasn't even going to try to get even for what they had done. Because that's not what we're used to, is it? We're used to people staying bitter. We're used to people wanting to get even when we've hurt them. Hmm. They couldn't believe that he was truly remade and full of God's grace. Sometimes it's like that when we consider what Jesus has done for us. You know, we, we certainly don't deserve it, and we, we can't earn God's saving grace through Christ. And, and sometimes it just seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Why, why would he want to forgive somebody like me? 
If he'd only known all the things I've done, there's no way he would give his life for me. Well, God knows, Jesus knows everything you've done, everything we've done. <laughs> I actually knew it before we even did it. <laughs> yeah. This seems too good to be true. And sometimes we don't open ourselves up to accept because we figure it's just too good to be true. Don't open ourselves up to accept that incredible gift that's just there for the receiving. We don't have to do anything other than just receive and believe. And we just can't believe it, but the thing is, it's true. It's absolutely true. Jesus died for you and died for me. Yeah. What others intended for harm as they hung him on a cross, God has used for good. <laughs> the incredible good of new life in Jesus Christ. The challenge is, have you accepted this free gift? Have you accepted the gift that Jesus offers? And if so, I just have one word. Hallelujah. Can I hear you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. At home, hallelujah. Type it in. Type it in. In caps. Bold. Hallelujah. And if you haven't accepted this free gift, what in the world are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Because it's the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's, let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for this story of Joseph. And, I mean, it happened thousands of years ago, and it's so relevant in our lives today. Thank you for what we can learn from his story. And help us, God, be remade. Help us let go of those things that imprison us. Help us no longer be a slave to fear or bitterness or unforgiveness or anything that just holds us down. But be alive and free in you. God, we love you and we praise your holy name in the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.